Hey, it's Tim here. Thanks so much for coming over to check out my new podcast, The Big Mouth. Before we get into today's episode, got a big favor to ask you. It's going to mean the world to me if you leave a star rating, you comment on the episode or share it with your friends. It'll help me out and help get The Big Mouth out there. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, so we're all aware of Karen. The Urban Dictionary classifies a Karen as a middle-aged woman, typically blonde, who makes solutions to others' problems and inconvenience to her, although she isn't even remotely affected. There's countless videos and articles online, and we've probably all got a story of having our own run-in with a Karen out in the wild sometime. It's mostly all fun and games, unless your name is Karen. And believe it or not, one of my good friends is a Karen. And yes, she's middle-aged, has blonde hair, and can get my goat sometimes, but I do love her. And she has an amazing life story to share, which I hope by the end of this episode you might come to learn, you can't always judge a Karen by her name. If you feel like a misfit in a world full of pretenders, then I wanna be your friend. Join me each week on the journey of not giving a fuck. So stop trying to fit in and stand out. You don't need to be perfect, you just need to get real. This is The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. Subscribe now for free to make sure you don't miss out on an episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, hi, Karen. Welcome to the Big Mouth. Thanks for having me, Tim. Now, before we get into have a little bit of backstory, how we know each other, I want you to walk us through your amazing life. I want to firstly ask if you're aware of the whole Karen culture thing about your name, Karen. Yes, I am. I have to say I'm a bit sad. Karen actually is a Greek name and it means pure or purity. I didn't know that. It's a beautiful name. And then some people have decided they can make it turn horrible. Yeah. You can't judge a book by its cover, so why can you judge someone by their name? Exactly. Until you get to know them. Let's talk about the qualities of what people say a Karen is. One of the traits that you have, Karen, that I love is that you do speak your mind and you challenge me as a friend. And I guess it's something that growing up my own mum would do for me. My mum's name is Lynn, but she's someone that would speak her mind. She'd get into arguments if if people had done her wrong. It's almost like she was a, a lioness protecting her cubs. And there's something about this stance for justice that I guess 
people have turned into a negative, but perhaps there's something positive about the idea of a, of a Karen standing up for something that she believes is right, that a wrong has happened. Well, I would hope anyone with any name would do that, stand up for a right that's wrong, especially if someone, it's harming someone. Yeah. And they're hurting, and you can see that. You know, I think it's important to stand up where someone can't stand up for themselves, and that happens every day. Yeah. Do we walk past, or do we say something and just call the behaviour? Yeah. And we do, we live in a world more and more where people have got their blinkers on and they just, uh, in their own little world. And the minute that someone steps into your world and is an interruption and people act out in conflict and say, go away, I don't want to hear your opinion. I don't care who you are. Stop being a Karen to me right now. But maybe that's a sign that we've become so isolated and that any stranger in the street that disagrees with you is now a Karen that you don't want around. Is that, do you think that there's a problem there in society now where we, no, we no. can't coexist with people that don't agree with us all the time? I think we have a moral responsibility to see where it's going and how it harms other people. I, th- I don't think there's enough of that in this world, but you know, if someone was actually calling out some behavior that's not appropriate to another person, Mm. you know, sometimes it takes someone being angry to stop it. Mm. It takes the guts of a Karen to step in and say what everybody else is maybe afraid to say sometimes. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Or someone's, they're not aware. They are so caught up in what they are doing being Mm. angry at. And I'm not talking about the Karens, I'm talking about the people Mm. where the circumstances are happening, that they're actually not seeing what they're doing. And someone comes up and says, hey, that's not appropriate here. Mm. Sometimes that needs to happen, you know, but I think people need to be mindful of how how things hurt other people Mm. more and more and to just go too far in one direction I don't think is healthy yeah a bit of self-awareness yeah Very much so this is a good place to say where we first met we've known each other for what like nearly five years now yeah, yeah definitely five years yeah and time's flown it has I mean we've been through the pandemic together you and I survived Sydney pandemic by going on morning walks we've yeah. walked all of Sydney yeah. Um, which in was really all lovely. Directions? All directions. We'd just meet in the park across the road and, um, and pick a direction to walk. But it was a really lovely chance to see the city differently. And I, I'll never forget some of the sights we saw, like an empty main street of Sydney, George Street, just ghost town. Hyde Park, no one in there. We were the only two people in yes. Hyde Park. And like the flowers we'd take photos of, all the street art, things that we'd usually maybe just walk on by in a busy world. I think it was a really special time for our friendship to grow because we were a little bit more self-aware and we were aware of the world around us had changed. And I mean, that might've been how you always lived, but it was a real learning time for me. And I guess a lot of people listening will agree that 
as awful as the pandemic has been and it's changed our world and it's not back to normal, this is the new normal now, there was some opportunity perhaps for a lot of people to go within. And you talk about that a lot with me about yes. going within. And we met in a meditation class. Yes, that's, that's, well, that is how we did meet at the, at the local Buddhist church, I guess you'd call it. We signed up for a meditation um, that was my introduction to meditation actually about five years ago, but you, I, you have a history. I, I had a history of it, but I decided to go back to basics and just go deeper within. Yes, I remember walking in and wondering, who's this blonde curly haired guy? In fact, <laughs> I thought you was totally someone else. She thought I was Tim Minchin. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Which I get a lot. But he's a redhead and he's far more talented than I am. What I would like to know is if Tim Minchin gets asked, are you Tim Dormer or are you that guy off Big Brother? He probably hates me. I wonder what. One day I'll meet him and we'll swap he's stories. He's straighter these days yes. than he used to be. He used to be a lot blonder and curlier yeah. as well. But you're a ball of surprises. One of my favourite moments with you, if you if you'll let me share it, one of the... I guess biggest challenges in your life is is your health story yeah and you've got a beautiful set of blonde hair and I've known you for at least a year and we were having some wines one night and you you pulled your hair off and I didn't know you were wearing a wig and you shared with me that you had alopecia you have alopecia well I still have alopecia and I got came down with alopecia probably seven years ago now. Yeah. Um, it was a big shock. So I'm quite vivacious at times and out there nothing scared me and I became a shell of myself. Really? And I hid away from the world. Yeah. Um, the support from my husband and my children was the only thing that really kept me going I was at a really low spot in and I had no idea why it happened yeah I didn't know anything about alopecia I didn't know how how it affected other people there's a lot of people that get born with it or Mm. there's young people that lose their hair when they start primary school or and then they get it all back when they're 14 or 15 and mm. then two years later they lose it again. And those things I think are really hard. I'm, I lost my hair when I was 50. Yeah. Yeah, it was big. It's, in fact, even talking about it takes my breath away sometimes. Yeah. But I've learnt to get by. I've, I've learnt a lot about myself. I actually... I said, I said to my dad the other day, I was visiting him and I was staying at his place and I walked out and I didn't have my hair on and he was talking to me and we were going out for the evening and he said, um, you look really lovely and I almost burst into tears because I didn't think I looked beautiful without my hair on and dad said... Well, look at your eyes. But when I don't wear my hair, people look at my head. They don't look at my eyes. Wow. And 
I notice it, but I've had to get over that mm. because, like me, they they've probably never come across alopecia before. Yeah. Whereas all of us have hair on our heads, mm. so we look at people's eyes. Mm. That's a, we don't go and look at someone's head. Yeah. The top of their head. Whereas, but I'm lucky. I've got a perfect shaped head. So <laughs> <laughs> a very beautiful head. <laughs> and it emphasizes your eyes. Yeah. Um, there's different types of alopecia, which I didn't know either. Yeah. So I got alopecia universalis. Yeah. Which means I don't have any eyebrows, eyelashes, eye lost hair from my whole body. So that... And um, how quickly did it all go? Probably in about three months. Wow. It was fast. When I started off with little patches every now and again, and then that just went away. That was probably in my 40s. And then this happened and just it all went. But I didn't realise eyebrows are your gutters on the house. They yeah. keep they keep the water away from your running into your eyes and your eyelashes are like fly screens. They stop the <laughs> dust coming into your eyes. Yeah. So I didn't realise what these parts of my body actually did. Wow. And we take them for granted, I guess. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have been able to tell you what eyebrows are for. No. Yeah. Uh, so I became aware and that fitted in with my meditation and my mindfulness because I became more mindful of myself yeah. and what parts of me were for. So you might not relate to this, Tim, but some of the girls will. Yeah. You know, when I was young and I used to shave my legs, yeah. I used to wish I, wished I didn't have any hair on my <laughs> legs. <laughs> I'll be careful what you wish for. Yeah. That, that's right. It's um Yeah. Was there I guess a period of shock of 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 making sense that that this had happened to you? Like you said, becoming aware of your body and it and it changing. Was there a period where you then made peace with it or is it an uh, ongoing thing that you still For a long time I thought I was sick and I went on a a path to try and fix it yeah and i think that's the other thing we tend to do is we try and fix everything and Mm. it's a big part of who i am i do try to fix things yeah um whereas it had to get to a stage where that was causing me more stress trying to find the answers to it wow than to actually accept it yeah and let it be part of my life. You're someone that sees everything as a learning opportunity. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You know, there'll always be ups and downs in life and that's part of it. Mm. The suffering in life is hard and I wish I could take it away from everyone, but it's where my biggest lessons have been. Mm. been the parts of me where I've met and known when people are there for you. Mm. 
you know, I always knew my husband loved me, but he was there. Mm. He was trying to find a solution through hell or high water. Yeah. He was going to find one until we mutually went, no, we just need to now learn to accept this. Yeah. And, yeah. I was going to say, that, like, that acceptance is that letting go. And it's you said that suffering, if you're holding on and fighting it or trying to prevent it, and, and it's that's the attachment, isn't it, that, that will cause the suffering to keep going. Don't hang on to it. Just allow peace to come. Mm. Allow free, inner freedom by letting go. And it's, you know... I try and keep things simple. Mm. I work from very simple practice where I like simple, humble, mm. kind, and then I'm building trust. That to me is the simpler it is, the better it is. Mm. It doesn't have to be. If it's complicated, it's often not right. Yeah. And yeah. but that doesn't mean things aren't difficult to get somewhere yeah if you've got aspirations to get somewhere or do something it is hard and yes you'll plateau for a while until life sees that you're ready for the next thing it's i think those things are important talk about your history with buddhism and would you say you're a buddhist now Yes, I like the Buddhist philosophy. It's a yeah. way of life. I don't always get it right. Yeah. But what I like about it is that that's okay. Yeah. If you get it wrong, that's okay. Yeah. If you lose the plot, that's okay. <laughs> it's about, you know, just following the path. Mm. And... I read something every day. I listen to something every day. I try and meditate every day. Now, that meditation does not mean I sit cross-legged on a mat or in a chair quietly. It might be walking. Mm. I'm mindful of each step I take and do it with my breath. Or I bake a cake. Who am I baking the cake for? For my family or friends? Mm. Or I'm preparing food. So it's being mindful how you prepare it because your energy in doing that is going to be consumed by Mm. other people. And I think that's important because I think you transfer that energy into what you're doing. So even if I change the sheets on my bed and vacuum the house. I might hate the house cleaning. Yeah. But I've actually taught myself to love it. I clean it so it can go, get dirty again. Because mm. there's something else I learn while I'm doing it. Mm. So it's the little things. Every act can be an act of meditation or mindfulness. Yeah. And yeah. kindness. Yeah. I like all those things. They're all different ways to find your own inner self and it's a personal journey Mm. it's like we come into this world we go out of the world as well Mm. and we go out 
on our own and I don't think we should be scared of it and yeah. I think we should address it and the only way you can address it is by going within yeah. and there's great teachers like you've mentioned one of them, the Dalai Lama Thich Nhat Hanh was another yeah. one of them but I also learned from the people that enter my life you've taught me a lot oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, my husband's taught me a lot my sister's and my parents have taught me mm. a lot as well. So, you know, even someone getting upset with you mm. can teach you something. It's all the way you react to it. Well, isn't that funny about... We're talking about learning by someone getting upset to you and, and you learn by how you react to it. That That is the essence of the Karen... It's a reaction, isn't it? Mm, and it is. the way you live your life, Karen, and, and what you've just shared with us about being mindful and, and, and being self-aware, it, it is quite paradoxical to what the Karen sort of stereotype is about. That um, I do want to say, though, that I've got a long way to go. This is yeah. life after life, I think, journey. I, I don't think there is right or wrong and people have amazing powers of forgiveness and letting go i think in this world i think that's really important is to have those abilities to forgive Mm. to let go there's enough other upsets happening with wars and things Mm. like that we don't have to partake in it yeah gosh It's very hard though, isn't it? I mean, we really bonded. Karen was such a friend and support network to me when I went through challenges a couple of years ago. And there was a lot of that where you you were... It must have been frustrating for you as the friend to hear me be consumed with my emotions. And and I was quite confused and... and I conflict within myself because I couldn't let go of what had happened. I I couldn't, I guess, see the lesson, see the forest for the trees. I just wanted to. But I think all of us go through that. All of us has to go through a heartbreak. And Mm. then often our first heartbreak is major. Yeah. And... But it's good to have people be, that can hold you in that space mm. too until you can open your eyes and see. It's not necessarily about having to open your eyes. And if I was ever frustrated, that's actually my problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anyone else's problem. It's I'm hopeful that I'm more of a friend that wants to hold you yeah. in a space so you can come out of the space mm. and see it. And you do. You're good at you're good at that, but you're also good at the challenging and just saying, "All right, get up. You can do this. You're strong." Yes. Well, I think people forget when you're down. And again, when I lost my hair and I was in that place, there were other people, people I didn't even know wow. really. You know, like I mentioned before, my Pilates teacher. 
It was the first time I met her. She told me, own it. Yeah. You are beautiful. And I realised, I might not believe it, but I've got to learn to believe it. Yeah. And I think that's important for people. You've got to learn to believe yeah. what you're capable of. And when, even if you don't believe it and you keep saying, yes, I can, yes, I can... No matter how many times you get knocked down, it's about picking yourself up mm. and doing it again. You've talked a lot about, to me, the foundations and getting that right and being in touch with that core that is almost becomes your strength, this pillar within, I guess, there's been times in your life where things have been swirling around you like a storm or the ocean waves crashing over you. And if you've got that, strong pillar you've you've spoken to me about that that you hold on and you weather the storm that maybe there is a a surrender you can't do it but what's that strength that you can like it's isn't it a it's a seesaw of surrender but also of trust or faith in something that that is strong enough to do it to withstand well i think if everyone believes that there are ups and downs in life, there will always be ups and downs. The whole idea that I have is that you try and plateau things so it, it can be fun, but let's not go to the extreme so that we actually end up hurting someone or that we've... It's a bit like overeating. Yeah. If you overeat, then you've really enjoyed this delicious meal and then you feel so uncomfortable that it hurts because you've overeaten and now you've forgotten how beautiful the meal is. Mm. So it's to me it's about just balancing life mm. and feeling the peace, feeling the simplicity, enjoying the fun, but there's, you can't have fun if you don't work either yeah. and you don't give back. It, the world's full, full of givers and takers, but it's balancing that out. And I think it's important to give and I think it's important to replenish the vessel as mm. well. So take time away from the noise, take time out so that you can just be and enjoy yourself. Don't be afraid of yourself. It's Mm. a really nice person in there. That was my introduction to meditation. And I guess for everyone listening, if you hear the word meditation, most people say, oh, I can't do that. My mind's too busy or whatever. It, that was the the first point was learning that it's just about being with mm. yourself. And we're not very good at that. We're not very good at just not doing anything. We're always wanting to read something on our phone or have noise or, or like talk about our feelings. We, we need to talk about them or we listen to our thoughts and constantly. It's the letting go of all that, that, are you okay just to sit alone on your own 
and walk, love that person. Or walk on your own or look, I paint and yeah. I get lost in my artwork. I am it's just me and the artwork. I don't worry about how good it is or whether it's nice or not. I enjoy the moment that I'm in, but that takes time. So I've been doing this since I I was a weird teenager. <laughs> I, was, I was 16 or 17 when I started looking into this. Wow. And, I, and I've gone away from it. I've been a wild child I've, and I've come back. Yeah. But I know when I'm being true to myself because I've experienced all that and it's never too late to start. Yeah. Yes. And you never give up on yourself. Yeah. I remember someone said to me when I was saying that I was learning meditation and mindfulness and they said, it will be the greatest gift that you will ever give yourself in this lifetime. That if you hold on to it and it's it's such a simple thing, but something that you never ever reach the end of, do you? It's like a... Well, it's bypassing the distractions along the way and being able to be there because through meditation you do so much for so many other people too Mm. you give back to the planet you give back peace you give healing to people you are a pleasant person to be around because you're peaceful and mindful about you become you think of others before yourself it's not all about you and Mm. i have to say i don't think fame actually serves a lot (laughs) because it's very hard to keep yourself centered it is the actual opposite i guess of it's not about you (laughs) yeah And I'm someone that I'd rather stay in the background, but it's been pleasurable doing this. Yeah, I really, really am grateful that you agreed to come on the podcast. I just thought it was such an interesting idea with, with all the Karen talk to think, hey, I've got a Karen in my life and I love her. And to sort of dissect what where this Karen notion came from and that it is about um reacting to people mm. and that, that that's how what we share in common is is this journey that we're both on and, and mindfulness and and that that is all about the space between what happens and the reaction to actually have a bit of time in there to sort of take note and and, and have a breath or or just be in more control of, of yourself. I was wondering if we might be able to finish off this chat with a little exercise. Maybe you'd like to guide us in a breathing exercise because we've done this together many times. Karen and I, over the years, have um, had meditated together. We play our sound bowl instruments together, all sorts of instruments coming out of the backyard in Newtown, haven't we? Yes. But... Um, I'd just like to say I have a Tim in my life, so maybe I might start a movement. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone needs a Tim and a Karen. A Tim that just does whatever he wants to do 
and a carina that will pull you back into line and tell you, you think about that. I don't know if you want to share as well, but about how if people who have no experience with meditating at all, a really easy way is just a connection with your breathing. That's true. And I'd like to share something with maybe the listeners with what my meditation teacher taught me about, and that's um, maybe we could do some baby breathing. Excellent. So if everyone just make yourself comfortable, please, and just close your eyes. And what we're going to do now is I will count to three and we will breathe in for three. We will hold for three and we will breathe out for three. So if we breathe in, one, two, just keep repeating Mm. and so why is it called baby breathing it brings you back to when you took your first breath in your mother's arms it's just a safe place it's just gentle it gives you the ability to focus just on your breathing Mm. and it's simple it's almost like it happened for me just then but almost like the world slows down just a little and you feel a little bit more grounded. Gives you an opportunity to re-energise yourself because you're just breathing in. Mm. You're not distracted from anything else. So often I'm really not connected to my breath and I'll be really shallow breathing really fast and it is the most amazing thing to just go, oh, take a really deep breath in. And a really deep breath out. And it just... That's meditation, isn't it? It is, but I don't think you need to do too deep. It's just easy. If I only learnt this from everything that she's ever taught me, it's simple. And when things get tough, Mm. I revert back to this. Mm. I use it a lot when I'm going to sleep. If I find I have an overactive mind, I'll just focus on my breath and just really just surrender into my breathing. And it, and before I know it, I, I've fallen asleep. It's actually quite a really relaxing way to, to decompress before going to bed. And falling asleep, that's a good thing to do, fall asleep. What this is actually doing, though, is actually bringing you into yourself so that you're aware of yourself. Awake. And you are mindful about what's going on inside. And, uh, yeah, you're going within. I think going within is just an amazing place to be. Yeah. 
you don't need anything else once you start doing that. It's like a yeah. It's like a natural high, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that place. Yeah. It helps. It enables me. Time stands still. I get everything done. Yeah. I always have time for everything. I have time for everybody. It's going within, but it enables you to live on the outside, doesn't it? And, and relate to people in a more healthy um, and loving and kind way. But I guess in this world that we're in right now... It... I think it eases what we put on to ourselves. I think in a time where so many people feel um, stressed, it calms you right down. It, mm. It's not so important because you're actually with yourself. Mm. And then when you get yourself right, then you can start helping others. Mm. Well, thank you, Karen. I think for everyone listening, next time you hear Karen come up in a conversation, just just think. Just like you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't. And they're pure. Yeah, the real meaning of Karen is pure. You can't judge a Karen by her name. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Tim, for having me. It was a pleasure. This is The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode and leave a comment. Give me a star rating. It all helps get The Big Mouth out there. You can follow me on socials at Tim Dormer and join The Big Mouth conversation. Hashtag The Big Mouth. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.